concur with Pastor Colbreth today and to all of our guests that are with us, welcome to the house of the Lord. Um, we're glad you're here. Amen. We're glad that you're here today. Those that are joining us online today, welcome. Thank you for logging on. Amen. We, we feel the presence of the Lord in this place today. I wasn't here last Sunday, so let me just say Happy New Year. I feel like it's a little late, but I haven't seen some of y'all since last year. That's a true statement. Amen. I hope that your 2022 has started off right. I hope that you have exercised the gift of prophecy this week. Amen. What a word. What a word. What a word we heard last Sunday. Amen. And uh, I hope that you're getting into a good Bible reading program this year. I hope that you're I hope you're learning a thing or two, expanding your mind, expanding your capacity. Amen. You ought, to be, you ought to want to be better in 2022 than you were in 2021. Amen. You say, Pastor, that's all up to God. He, I mean, if he gifts it to me, if he wills it to me, if he makes a way, well, that's part of the story. But your Bible says in Deuteronomy 29 that there are some secrets, some unknown things known only to God. And we're not accountable for that stuff, but there are also some revealed things that God has given us the ability to know. And when it comes to those things, we do have a responsibility to take action. And so we've got this collaboration thing going with God, this, this co-labor thing where it's not all on us, but it's not all on Him either. And He takes care of what we don't know so that we can take care of what we do know. And if we'll take care of what we do know, then he'll lead us into blessing and promise that we didn't know we didn't know. But he knew, right? Praise God. If you have your Bibles today, Numbers chapter 13, I want to put a little faith in your spirit so that we can choose to be better and be the church that God desires us to be. It's going to get a little pastoral up in here today. It's going to get a little treachy. If you didn't know what that is, that's teaching and preaching, and you mash them together and you get treaching. Yeah. Numbers 13, verse number 30 said that Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land, he said, for we can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're, they're stronger than we are. And so they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites saying, the land that we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw there were huge. We even saw giants there the descendants of Anak, and next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought, too. Oh, help us, Jesus. Father, we ask that you would be with us today. 
God, we feel your presence in this room. We, we know, God, that you're amongst us and you're with us. And I'm asking now that you would open our hearts and open our minds to let your word get on the inside of it. Let your word find fertile soil in me today, God, that it might change me and make me better today than I was yesterday. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. And somebody said amen. God bless you today. You can be seated in the name of the Lord. The study of environmental ethics is the study of the moral relationship between human beings and their environment. Without boring you with all those details today, this philosophy basically deduces that human beings ultimately end up being the product of their surroundings or their environments. It says that if you were raised in a negative or adverse environment, you'll likely become a negative or adverse individual, right? And by contrast, if you were raised in a positive um, and, and encouraging and supportive environment, then you'll likely become a positive, supporting member of society. And yet, we know today, all of us, I'm sure, of people who grew up in the best most positive, nurturing environments possible, and yet they still had struggles, and they still led undesirable lives, and they became statistics, right? And we also know of people that grew up in the most difficult, dangerous, and undesirable environments imaginable, and yet they persevered and went on to become some of the most positive, successful people that we know, right? And we find out that while our environment does indeed have tremendous influence on our lives, that it's ultimately our choices that determine where we go in life and who we become. It's our individual choices that are the real factors for success or failure in life. And so we understand that a more accurate depiction of reality is that our current lives are actually the sum of the choices that we've made. You want you to think about that for a moment. Where you are in your life today, your circumstances, your situations, your issues or lack thereof are by and large a result of the choices that you made yesterday. And even further than that, the choices that you make today will determine how you live and what you experience in your tomorrow. Yes, environments may have influence, but it really does come down to our choices. Every day of our lives, we make choices. You chose to get out of bed this morning and come to the house of God. I got to tell you, that was a good choice. Yeah? You chose to wear that outfit. For some of you, that was still a good choice, right? Yeah. <laughs> you chose what route you were going to take when you came here today. Some of you chose which car to drive. You chose what, what parking spot to park in. If you weren't late, if you were late, you just parked wherever you could, right? You chose that. Later today, you're going to choose what you eat for supper. You, 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 the list goes on and on and on. There are no shortage of choices in this life. Did you know that the average grocery store carries approximately 40,000 items? I know that because I've been there to pick up one. Yeah, 40,000 is a lot. 
There's a reason we make lists when we go to the store, right? It's so that we don't stand there all day trying to decide which items we're going to get. You ever been to the grocery store without a list? That's madness, man. Can't do that. There are restaurants I can't eat at because they offer too many choices. I'm going to tell you something. I have a love-hate relationship with the Cheesecake Factory. If they're watching today, I'm sorry. I love them because I love their food. I hate them because their menu is so exhaustive. The thing's got chapters. How's that possible? The name says you just serve cheesecake. What's all this other? I don't even know why you got that. Right? But I get locked up when I go there because I struggle with two. I mean, just give me a menu that's got like five things on it. I'm good. Kids came home from school the other day, and they were talking about all the choices they get at the school cafeteria. Let me tell you something. When I was in school, if it was Friday, your choice was pizza or pizza. <laughs> you might choose cheese or pepperoni or white milk or chocolate milk, but that was about the extent of it for us. Apparently today, kids have choices. Good for them. I'm not bitter about it at all. Let me get back on my notes. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. Of all the gifts that God gave man at creation, the one that we have struggled with the most, ironically, is the gift of free will. It's the gift of choice. We don't struggle with it because we're adverse to it or because we don't like it. On the contrary, we like it a lot. It's just that we've learned that our choices have the power to impact our lives, the lives of the people that we love, and the world that we live in. It's a sobering thought today to consider that God created everything in perfection and then man came along and, and, and it was human choices that altered it to become what it is today. Oh, Brother Sizemore, I don't, I don't know why God would create such a wicked and evil world. I, I don't know why God would choose to allow this or that. No, no, God didn't choose any of that. Man did. And the world that we live in is really just the sum of thousands of years of choices. Your world, my world, it's not necessarily the product of the environment that we came from or even the people that were in charge of us, but rather my world is the product of the choices that I made. Now, understand, God plays a role. Yes, God gives grace to the humble. Yes, God is patient. He's long-suffering. He's merciful. He's kind. He gives us his word as a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. He gives us his spirit to help lead us and guide us and comfort us. And yet at the end of the day, it's up to me to choose. Sometime after Joseph died, the Egyptian welcome mat got moved. There, there arose a generation that didn't know Joseph and didn't know Joseph's God. The Hebrew people, although they were mighty in number, they were made slaves in Egypt. They were minimalized and, and marginalized. They were bound in hovels and, and chains and, and made to work for nothing. And yet in spite of their environment and their surroundings, one generation after the next, the Hebrews continued to tell their children about a God that was able to deliver. 
And so effectively had they transferred who their God was to their children. And so effectively had they kept Egyptian idol worship out of their home that 430 years later they were still worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They cried out for deliverance. God heard their cry, he saw their oppression, he saw their suffering, and he set into motion a plan to deliver them out of the clutches of a mindset. He decided to deliver them out of the clutches of somebody else's story, out of, to deliver them out of the clutches of somebody else's identity. And somebody else's ideal, somebody else's definition, somebody else's land, and somebody else's narrative. And he decided to give them an identity, a story, a narrative, and a land that was all their own. Let me pause here today and just say, it is never God's plan for you and I to live out somebody else's idea of what we can or cannot be. Mm. If you're a child of God, you ought to know that God has his own divine plan for your life. Don't worry about who said you can and don't worry about who said you can't. If God said you can, then I'm here to tell you today, it is so, it is sealed, and it shall be. While Israel was in Egypt in, in that environment, they were the worst versions of themselves. They were slaves. They had no education. They had no real possessions. They didn't really have a lot of choices either. Living there, they didn't have a plan. They, they didn't know what they didn't know. They were unconsciously incompetent, Brother Duvall. They, they just didn't, they didn't know. They, they didn't know. They, they, were living in, they were living far beneath their ability and their destiny, and they didn't even realize that they could be anymore, and so... God moved his people out of Egypt and attempted to relocate them to a place that he had promised them. A land that flowed with milk and honey. A place that they could take ownership of. A land that was fertile. A land that was bountiful. A place where they wouldn't have to work for anybody else, but they could work for themselves. A place where they wouldn't have to answer to anybody else, but they would answer to God and to one another. A place where not only could their basic needs be met, but their dreams could become a reality. And yet they would soon find out that while you can take the Israelite out of Egypt, it's a lot more difficult to take the Egypt out of the Israelite. Mm. It's only an 11-day journey from Egypt to Canaan by foot. And when they arrived there on the precipice of that great land, they picked out 12 men from each tribe to go spy out the land. They said, go tell us what the Lord is delivering us into. Now, we know what he's delivered us from. We know where he's delivered us out of, but we want to know what is he delivering us into. You see, it's one thing to know what you've been delivered from, and thank God for that. But the real question is, do we know why? The real question is not where he's brought us from. The real question is where is he taking us to? 
Where are he, what is his plan? Where is he delivering us into? What, what is the thing? We'll come to church, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll shout about what he delivered us out of, and then we'll go home and never give a second thought to about why he did it or where he's taken us to. Mm. God, what is your plan and purpose? Because you didn't deliver me out of where I was just so I could sing a song and do a dance. No, there's more to it than that, God. You brought me out of where I was so you could take me to a desired place and you could set my foot upon a rock and you could get me to do something that I've never done. So the spies went out. They saw the land. They saw how good, how bountiful. They even collected some of the fruit. Brought it back to Moses. Giant grapes carried them on a stick. It indeed flowed with milk and honey, just like the Lord said. But, they said, they, they had to throw a but in there. Yeah, they dropped the dreaded conjunction. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's all good, but. All good, but there, there's people living there. There's Amalekites and there's Hittites and Jebusites and Amorites and Canaanites, probably even some parasites. All the ites are living over there. They've got fortified cities, giants living in the land. Yeah, there's a lot of good things, but the Bible says Caleb spoke up. He said, all right, I hear your but. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I hear your objection, but Caleb said, I'm going to go ahead and object to your objection. Because God said we can take the land. And if God said we can take the land, then I believe we can go and take it at once. Mm. Oh, thank God for a Caleb in the group. Thank God for somebody who's got faith in what God said and isn't overly concerned about man's interpretation. We need more Caleb's in 2022. Can you say amen to that? Now we've got 10 spies who are saying but. But we've got two spies that want to move into God's divine promise and the people of God find themselves faced with a choice. A choice. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Are, 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 are we going to are we going to try to are we going to try to trust God here or are we going to analyze and strategize? Do we do we walk out in faith or, or do we try to figure it out on our own? What 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 kind of choice do we make? I find it interesting that they were willing to step out in faith at the Red Sea. When the enemy was breathing down their necks, but now they're hesitant? I mean, they trusted God to deliver them out of 400 years of slavery, plagues, an evil Pharaoh, but they couldn't trust God to inhabit a land that he had promised them? And I think that that speaks to our propensity to have more faith when things get dire. When there's an emergency, we'll trust God. Yeah. When we've got no other choices, we'll trust in him. When we've exhausted everything else that we know to exhaust, we'll step out in faith. But if there's a, if there's a safer option, if there's any other way, then we're going to have to really be convinced of it. The Bible says they stood 
there with a choice to be made. On the precipice of something great. On the cusp of something life-changing. On the brink of destiny and promise. And they stand there with a single choice that's going to determine the next 40 years. At minimum, they're slaves. At maximum, God's going to drastically alter their destiny. At minimum, they're just part of somebody else's story. At maximum, they get to let God write them a brand new story. At minimum, they always get what they've always gotten. And at maximum, they live in houses they didn't build. They eat from vineyards they didn't plant. And they live in houses they did not build. Drink from wells they didn't dig. Are they going to settle for being what they've always been? Or are they going to choose to rewrite the narrative and be who God has called them to be? Ladies and gentlemen, i got to tell you, many of us today are standing on the shoreline of that same choice. Is 2022 going to be another year of same old, same old for you and your family? Is it going to be another year of doing the same old thing with the same old results? Or is this going to finally be the year that we trust God? Is this finally going to be the year that we step out in faith? Is this finally going to be the year where we lay claim to the promise of God in our life? Are we going to give the same old minimum worship that we've always given? Or are we going to maximize our praise and thanksgiving unto the Lord? Are we going to give that same old minimum offering or are we going to sow a, a maximum sacrificial seed into the kingdom of God? Are you going to settle for minimum wage in 2022 or are you going to do what you need to do to see that your earning potential is maximized? Are you going to serve in a minimum capacity in 2022? Are you going to leverage your gifts and leverage your callings and let God enlarge your ministry to maximum results? Let me ask you this. Do we just want a minimum harvest in Cincinnati? Or are we willing to seek God and do what's necessary for a maximum revival? Mm. My friend, let me tell you, 2022 doesn't have to be another year of just getting by. 2022 doesn't have to be another year of just going through the motions. No, I've come to tell you, God has something fresh. God has something new. He's got something exceeding. He's got something abundantly. He's got something beyond what we could ask or think if we choose to trust him. Mm. Mm. Do you believe it today? Mm. Sadly, Israel made the conscious choice to not believe what God has promised. I, I, I don't know if they knew anything about environmental ethics, I, 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 but, but they allowed their surroundings and they allowed their environment to cause them to choose a minimal mentality instead of a maximum life. Huh. 
And that's evident in the text that we read. In Numbers 13, they said, we can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. Yeah. The land that we traveled through and explored, that'll devour anybody who goes in there to live. And all the people we saw there were huge. We even saw giants in the land. Can you believe that? The descendants of Anak. Who's Anak? We don't know. They're just a descendant. We don't know. He's just the descendants of Anak. And next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought about us too. They said, we're grasshoppers to the Canaanites. We're small. We're minimal. That's what they were saying. Mind you, nobody had called them grasshoppers. They didn't talk to anybody while they were there that could have called them that. That comparison was all them. They called themselves small. And they just assumed that that's what everybody else thought about them too. Well, we, 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 did, we didn't know what they thought, so, so we thought that they thought. Hold on, that, that's too many thoughts. See, here's the deal. If you choose to believe the minimum about yourself, then the enemy won't have to attack you because you'll attack yourself. Well, nobody, no, nobody, nobody in my family ever graduated, and, and, and we, you know, we've never owned a home, and, and we've never been an employer. We've always been the employee. Uh, you, wait a minute. You're defeating yourself. Oh, God, well, well I, I don't think I could ever do this. I don't ever think I could do that. It, it's just not who we are. It's not, it's not possible for me. Wait a minute. You're, you're thinking minimum. And while you're blaming the enemy for holding you down, he's standing there staring at you because you've defeated yourself. God, I thought you said you were going to give us the land. Yeah. Well, I am, but, but it's your choice as to whether or not you want it. Let me tell you, that school wants to give you a diploma. But as it turns out, you've got to show up and take the classes. Your job wants to give you a paycheck. But as it turns out, you've got to show up and work. Fellas, that girl wants to marry you, but you've got to clean yourself up and pop a tic-tac and get a plan together. And, and I'm just saying. That's a rhema word for somebody in this house. <laughs> Israel, God wants to give you the land. He, he wants to alter your destiny. He wants to make you a great nation. He wants to make you greater with him than you could ever be on your own. There is milk. There is honey. Yeah, it's true. There is maximum blessing. But Israel, you've got to be willing to do your part. You're going to have to choose to go take the land. Oh, you better hear me today. You better hear me. You can't receive a maximum blessing with a minimum mentality. Mm. Let, me, let, me, let me speak pastoral for a moment. We, we've, been, we've been wanting and hoping and praying for maximum revival in Cincinnati for about 100 years. It's true. We've been believing for a latter rain, latter day, latter rain outpouring in this region. And thank God for what he has done. Amen. We've all, God's been good to this city. God's been, been faithful to this city. But I don't believe we've seen it all come to pass just yet. I do believe that there is still a half that's never yet been told. 
But if we're going to be honest today, I'm not sure that that is really all God's fault. I wonder if we haven't been content with a minimum mentality. I wonder if we haven't been content with our four and no more. I wonder if we haven't been content with our side of town and their side of town. I wonder if we haven't been content with our culture and their culture. And yet I believe God is calling all of his people together for such a time as this. Let me tell you, I don't believe what we've been doing over the last seven months here, joining together in worship, I don't believe that that's just some temporary stopover. No, I believe God is doing something new. I believe God is doing something new. And if we can ever let go of our minimal selves, and if we could ever let go of our minimal tradition, and if we could ever let go of our minimal expectation, then God has promised to pour out a maximum blessing. He's promised to pour out maximum healing. He's promised to give maximum restoration, maximum favor. But he just needs a people who will enlarge their capacity to receive it. Oh, I don't know about you today, but I want to see a maximum revival in this city. I want to see maximum revival in your house, in your neighborhood, on your job, in your school. I don't want to settle for the minimum. I want God to maximize. Oh, if you believe it, somebody shout amen. I'm working toward a close. Musicians, humor me. Just start coming. I don't ever pay attention to y'all anyway. I just, it helps me. At the end of the day, Israel could not get past their minimal mentality. And, the, and that mentality, watch this, it caused them to choose 40 years in the wilderness rather than choosing what the Lord had promised. Mm. They chose to walk around the mountain for 40 years. They sang, we're going to go around in circles. Mm. Going to fly high. That's when that song was written. You didn't know that. They were walking around in circles. For 40 years, for 40 years, because they didn't choose to believe that they could have what God said they could have. <laughs> How do I know that? I know that because Hebrews chapter 3 says this. Who was it that rebelled against God even though they heard his voice? Wasn't it the people that Moses led out of Egypt? Oh, wait a minute, brother. I didn't realize that choosing the minimum made me rebellious. Verse 17, and who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses lay in the wilderness? Sinned? Now, I, I didn't know that choosing against God's promise would make me a sinner. Let me tell you, your Bible says to know to do right and to do it not to him 
Yeah. Verse 19 says, so we see that because they're of their unbelief, they were not able to enter into his rest. Because they chose a minimum mentality. Because they chose to live beneath. Because they chose disbelief. They were not able to see God's rest. They, they chose the wilderness instead of God's promise. They chose to disobey God rather than to obey him. And because they chose unwisely, they didn't get to see the rest of their story play out. Let me tell you, God's got a rest for you and I. Yeah. He's got the rest of our story ready for you and I. He's got the blessing ready. He's got the promise ready. He's got every good and perfect gift that comes from above ready for you and I. He wants us to step into the rest today. Step into the next chapter. Step up to the next level. Step into the rest of the story. God is writing the rest of your story. And it's beautiful. And it's bountiful. And it's fruitful and yet some of us may never see that come to pass in our lives because we've chosen to embrace the wrong mentality. Mm. See, Israel thought they were okay because when they got hungry, God sent manna. And when they got thirsty, he sent water from a rock. And they had magic shoes, you know, didn't wear out. They had cloud by day and fire by night, and they thought that God was being giving favor because God didn't let them starve and he didn't let them suffer they thought that was the favor of God but God was just keeping them alive see they got God's provision and his favor mixed up and when you get God's provision and his favor mixed up you'll think God is giving you maximum blessing when he's really only allowing for minimal provision God, don't let it be said of us in 2022. God, don't let it be said of me in 2022 that I choose to settle for the minimum. No, God, don't let, it, don't, let, don't let me fall back into my minimal mindset. Don't let me get stuck, God, in the same old ruts, God, that I've been in forever. No, I want a maximum blessing, God, for me and my family. I want this year to be the year that I choose to believe. I want this year to be the year that I step in to the promises of God. I want this year to be the year that I maximize what God has for me. I'm not living living on the minimum anymore. I'm stepping in to the maximum for 2022. Oh, if you believe that today, why don't you stand to your feet? Come on, if you declare that today, why don't you stand to your feet uh, and lift your hands and lift your voice? Uh, oh, God. God, this year I'm not living beneath. I'm living above. This year I'm the head. I'm not the tail. God, in 2022, I want to maximize my potential in you. We're getting ready to sing a song today. 
and I should not have to beg you to come to this altar. If you're here today and you want to step in to God's promises in your life, if you want 2022 to be the year that you maximize what God has for you, I want you to come. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to throw your head back and say, God, I'm not living on a minimum anymore. I'm stepping into the maximum of what you have for me. Oh, come on, let's sing today. Come on, who will come? Who will come? God, I want a maximum blessing. Yes! Come on, who wants maximum blessing? Come on, this is the year. This is the year it's finally going to be different. This is the year God's going to do it. Come on, no more minimum. Come on, no more low-level thinking. Come on, no more, no more somebody else's story. Come on, God wants to do it for you. God wants to do it for you. Oh, come on, somebody cry out to God.
what I want you to do right now. I want you to find somebody standing around you. God is moving in this house. God is a minute. Today is a marquee day for some of you because you're going to walk out of this building with a maximum mentality and it's going to change your life. You're going to be standing here next year at this time and you're going to say, you know what? I remember back to what God said. I remember back to what God did. My life has never been the same because I chose wisely. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to find somebody right now standing around you and I just want you to get close to them. You don't have to touch them if you don't want to, but get close enough to them to agree in faith with them. Today is the day you choose. Choose you this day. Choose you today. God, I'm gonna choose life instead of death. God, I'm going to choose blessing instead of cursing. Right now, come on, would you lift your hand? Would you agree in faith? God, as a collective body, we choose maximum blessing. God, as a collective body, we choose life. As a body, we choose God blessing. We choose the promises of God. Oh, come on, make that choice today. Cry out to the Lord. Oh, things are never going to be the same, God, because I choose differently. I choose differently. Come on, you make all things new, say. Hallelujah. 